Hello, and welcome to the Virtue Podcast. My name is Melanie Brown, and today I get to share with you some insights from session number six, Healing the Blind Man, in our series, The Signs of Jesus. The fullness of this incredible story is recorded in John 9, verses 1 through 41. I'm going to touch on a few application points, but I want to encourage you to read it thoroughly on your own. And I also want to remind you to always pray before you open your Bibles and ask the Lord to open your eyes to spiritual truth so that you could see wonderful things from His Word. John's main purpose in recording this particular story is so that we might believe that Jesus is who we claim to be. The word believe is recorded approximately 100 times in the Gospel of John. The man we're going to read about was born physically blind, and he was also in spiritual darkness until Jesus, the light of the world, steps in and literally illuminates his life. How's your eyesight? When I read this story, I couldn't help but think about my mom who's had challenges with her vision her entire life. And those who are closest to me know that I inherited her bad eyesight, albeit to a lesser degree. I have prescription reading and distance glasses, as well as glasses I have to put on when I'm wearing my contact lenses. At any given time, I have like two or three pairs of spectacles dangling from my shirt collar. It looks like I'm wearing an eyeglass necklace. And every year when I go to the optometrist, I have to get stronger, thicker glasses because my eyes seem to be getting worse with each passing year. When the doctor asks me about my family history, I check off every box because my mom has experienced macular degeneration, glaucoma, cataracts, retinal detachment, etc. Ophthalmologists have been warning her for years that she might one day be completely blind. But if you know my mom, she never complains. She's the most positive and hopeful woman, and her trust is in the Lord. And she knows that whatever her future holds, God's grace will meet her and sustain her. She's been a very good example to me. And as much as I prize seeing clearly, I really desire to be a woman who has eyes of faith. So let's jump into our story. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3 says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. In this first verse, we learn that even though the blind man couldn't see Jesus, Jesus saw him. And you know what? Jesus sees you. Whatever condition you are in right now as you listen to this podcast, Jesus knows. He's a man of compassion and mercy. He sees the blind, broken, and the outcast. In the Old Testament, one of the names of God is El Roy, which means the God who sees me. Did you know that God sees your past, present, and future? He knows your struggles and insecurities, as well as your dreams and desires. He is aware of all of your needs. The disciples assumed, like most Jews of the day, that a disability was considered a consequence of sin. And so they looked to Jesus and asked, Rabbi, which means teacher, can you explain this to us? I just love that they had the confidence to ask Jesus the hard questions, 
even when they were asking the wrong questions. These disciples were just trying to make sense of the situation. They thought that suffering was a result of personal sin and blindness was a punishment. They were looking for cause and effect. And you know, there are times when the consequences of sin will bring suffering, but that wasn't the case here. And sometimes we have this faulty thinking too. We have to remember that we live in a fallen world, tainted by original sin. Good behavior is not always rewarded and bad behavior is not always punished. Sometimes innocent people suffer. Bad things happen to good people. I've taught myself to respond in two ways. I remind myself that we are not in heaven yet. Christians are not exempt from difficulties, disease, dysfunction, or death. In this world, we will have trials and tribulation. Jesus warned us of that. We're actually told not to be surprised by it. But he also said that we are to be of good cheer. Another translation puts it this way, that we're to be brave, be confident, and not to lose heart because he has overcome the world. There's a plan for restoration and redemption. I also remind myself that God's ways and thoughts are higher than mine. God has good plans and purposes, even in very bad circumstances. In this particular instance, Jesus revealed the reason for this man's blindness. It was for the purposes of God's power being displayed in him. Jesus was going to reveal his glory by giving this blind man his sight. An unprecedented miracle, but not necessarily an unpredicted one. In the Old Testament book of Isaiah, it was foretold that the Messiah would open the eyes of the blind. This was one of the ways that he would be identified. Jesus sees the condition, identifies the situation, and he knows his mission. Verse 4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. In other words, Jesus knows that he has work to do and he's redeeming the time. The day that Jesus is talking about is the time allotted for him to work on earth. Jesus recognized his moment and he never lost sight of his mission. He knew what he was supposed to do while on this earth and that was to do his father's will. And you know what? This is a good word to all of us. We must not lose sight of our mission and the work we're called to do. We need to redeem the time. We're only here for a moment. Isn't that what we just learned in the book of James? That our life is but a vapor, a shadow that's here today and gone tomorrow. We've each been given an allotment of time to make an impact. We don't know how long that is, and that's why we have to live intentionally each day. Jesus is the light of the world, and he's calling us to be lights as well. I believe the Lord wants to awaken his church. This is not the time to sleep or be unengaged. I pray that we would have a sense of urgency in doing the work of the Lord. Don't wait to shine your light. Don't think, well, when I'm older, or when I know more, or when I'm less busy. Wherever God has placed you right now, we need to be about his business. We need to have our lights shining. And I want to encourage those moms out there who are listening. Discipling your children is the highest and holiest assignment you'll ever have on your life. But the Lord has called each one of us to serve faithfully 
within our respective spheres of influence. Jesus never lost sight of his mission and calling, and neither should we. Jesus saw this man's need, had compassion on him, and decided to heal him and use it as a sign to show his power and authority. His works were meant to authenticate his words. The miracles prove that his message is true. Now, the method of working this miracle was so interesting, right? Kind of crazy when you read it, right? Scripture tells us that Jesus spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, and anointed the eyes of the blind man. He then told him to go wash, and when he did, he came back seen. It worked. It was amazing, right? And you'd think that a miracle of this magnitude would result in celebration, awe, and amazement. But that's not what's recorded. There was skepticism, criticism, fear, and unbelief. The neighbors couldn't believe the change, and the Pharisees wouldn't believe the change. The Pharisees were the strict religious establishment of the day, and they were so angry because they believed Jesus was breaking the Sabbath law. You know, God was the one who had established the Sabbath as a day of rest for his people. It was meant to be a gift. God was basically saying, you don't have to work on this one day of the week. Trust that I will provide for you, strengthen and renew you. But what happened over time is that the religious leaders had added burdensome rules and traditions. So they had major issues about how Jesus brought about this miracle. They considered mixing the clay, anointing his eyes, and washing off the mud all as work, which was prohibited in their view. They completely lost sight of the miracle that was before them. It goes to show that it's possible to be very religious and miss Jesus. I've heard people say, well, if I could just see a miracle, then I'd believe. This story is an example of how that's not always true. Our stubbornness, preconceived notions, love for sin, or hardness of heart can keep us from believing the truth of who Jesus is. Once the man receives his sight, we read in verses 8 through 34, there was just this intense interrogation that takes place from his neighbors and the religious leaders. They press him and demand details on what happened to him, asking who, what, where, how. They even called his parents to testify. But because of their fear of being excommunicated from the synagogue, which was not only the central place of worship, but it was also the hub of all Jewish life, they kept quiet from confessing Christ and the miracle that just took place. Sometimes we keep silent because we're afraid of how our allegiance to Jesus might negatively affect our relationships, associations, or businesses. It could impact our popularity, social media following, and how people perceive us. We could be marginalized and mocked. The truth is, aligning ourselves with Jesus can and will cost you. We have to get to a point as his followers that we care more about pleasing Christ than we are about other people's opinion of us. We have to fear God rather than man. After being bombarded with questions, he simply said in verse 25, One thing I know, 
Once I was blind, but now I see. He couldn't explain all the details. He couldn't answer the theological questions they were throwing at him. But he knew that he knew that he had been radically changed. When you think about it, we all share the same testimony. Before Jesus came into our lives, we were all blind and living in darkness too. Colossians 1.13 says, He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. There's a progression of faith that takes place as we follow this man's story. After the religious leaders cast him out of the synagogue, it was Jesus who lovingly, mercifully finds him and reveals himself to him as the Son of God. And at that moment, the man who was born blind was born again because he believed. His spiritual eyes of faith were opened and he could see with his functioning physical eyes the light of the world, because Jesus lit up his world. Aren't you and I just so grateful that God has made his light to shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ? And that's found in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. So what was his response to the light that he'd been given? Verse 38 says, he worshiped. I think most of us, when we hear the word worship, we equate it with singing. And worship is much more than just a song. I don't think the man started humming a tune. I I picture him falling at the feet of Jesus with inexplicable gratitude. Worship is an expression of our love for God. It includes our praise, confession of faith, repentance, submission, and obedience. Romans 12.1 says that true worship is the giving of our very lives. It's our reasonable service for all that he's done for us. In Matthew 5, Jesus told his first century disciples, and I believe he wants to remind us, his current day followers, that you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Can I offer a few suggestions on how we can do this? Ask the Lord to give you vision to see the hurting and the discouraged that's all around us and offer to pray with them and for them. That's how your light will shine. Our lights shine when we show love, kindness, gratitude, and patience with people. We shine our lights when we have a genuine relationship with Jesus, displaying peace and hope even in the most difficult circumstances. Philippians 2.15 says that we shine as lights in the world if we do things without complaining and arguing. Jesus gave us his light so we can be light bearers to the world. We're to walk in the light as he is in the light. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Remember that song from Sunday school? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And it goes on to talk about we're going to let it shine all over the neighborhood and we're not going to let Satan snuff it out or blow out our lights. You know, it's a good reminder for us. And I don't think we've outgrown those, those lyrics that we learned as kids. Wherever we go, we take the light of Jesus with us. When we shine the light of Jesus, we bring hope to a situation. 
Jesus promised that if we follow him, we will not walk in darkness, but we would have the light of life. I think we can all agree that the world is dark right now, and it seems to be getting even darker. But Jesus remains the light of the world. He can never be extinguished. As I come to a close, I want to acknowledge that we all have people in our lives that we love that are spiritually blind. They're either indifferent, apathetic, or downright hostile to the gospel. We need to specifically pray that the Lord would remove the scales from their eyes like Jesus did for Saul. And we need to continue to believe that no one is out of the reach of God. I want to end by praying over us, but I also want to read you some lyrics from an old song. We probably sang it over 20 years ago, but the words were so appropriate and just kept ringing in my ears the whole time I was studying. And the words are this, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, holy, holy. God, we acknowledge you and we praise you for this powerful story and this recorded sign that Jesus performed thousands of years ago. I thank you that you are still giving sight to the blind. I pray that you would give us vision, spiritual eyesight to see opportunities all around us and empower us to shine our lights for you. Lord, will you reveal any blind spots we might have? We give you permission to have that searchlight of the Holy Spirit to show us anything in our hearts, Lord, that is not pleasing to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would remove any hindrances of pride, fear, or unbelief that would dim our light. We want to live our lives to be a testimony of your goodness and your grace. And we want to bring you glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.